Okay, I am, uh, it was, it was funny. When I got here, mom just told me, uh, our uncle Pete just called, or talked to mom and said, uh, can you, will you tell a story? What happened? Yeah, he said um, that he had a dream. Yeah. And, uh, and he uh, had to t- share it with somebody and, and he couldn't think of anybody else but me at that time. So he uh, said he had a dream that he was getting baptized. And, uh, and he said to ask this group to uh, pray about it to see if he should get baptized. Because he got baptized when he got married. But at that time, he didn't know Jesus. He just got baptized so that he could get married. That's the old colony way, right? Mm-hmm. And so he says he that's really on his heart. Holy Spirit is really speaking to him about getting baptized so yeah and i've been preparing a message all week on baptism (laughs) so that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah yeah i have to send him that well i'm recording it too so i'll uh send him the audio too yeah all right yeah um first i wanted to just ask like what are people's views or what do people know or what do people believe or think about baptism why and anything does anyone have any thought or idea of what what it is and why has anyone here been baptized <laughs> who who hasn't i haven't been okay. Okay. cool cool No? I got, um, well, of course, we got baptized at the old colony when um, that was just a thing before you get married, you had to get baptized. But also, I really think that, not that I um, personally accept Jesus into my heart, but I really think that I had my heart clean Rabbi, before I got baptized and um, yeah but I the, don't if they would have explained it then yeah. to us what we know now that would have meant something totally different than it did because basically what it was for us there was no way of getting married if you wasn't, weren't baptized and but never <clears throat> in explaining why or what it meant. Same thing with uh, communion. People were making into bunches, people. They would make fun of that and they would make up stories why they did it, but nobody knew what they were doing. That was a secret from young people. Yeah, that, that was a really I, big thing. We could never have communion before we were baptized. That was only after we were baptized. And uh, and so everybody was asking, what, what is communion? What do they do there? What, what happened? Because you could think of the worst anything and, all, and everything. Yeah. And <laughs> I was... asked my mom, what is communion? And my mom said, um, she handed me a white napkin and said, you just do as the others do. What on earth? I, I just... 
That's all she said. And I heard people making fun of it. They said, uh, they try, they all have to stand on their head down <laughs> and see who can do it the longest. All the dumbest things. So, so no one ever was in the room? They couldn't see what was happening? Like, no. Who exactly. wasn't baptized? Who baptized? They don't talk about it. No. No. <laughs> Interesting. Looks good. Good to know. It was really. Maybe for you guys it was different here already yeah. a little bit, but oh. we sure did not know nothing about it. I, mean, I feel the same way. I thought like I, my heart was clean. I, I thought I was, but like I didn't know, like we didn't. I didn't really know the meaning of why yeah. or it was the same thing to get married. But just what we had to do. If we wanted to was it? Is it before the wedding or during the wedding? No, it's to do it once a year. It's not the oh. the all call me. They don't. You can't just get baptized whenever. Oh, they yeah. do it once a year. So they have every Wednesday. They have a. I'd say it's kind of like a Bible study. Mm-hmm. You have to come to church. The pastor has this this whole yeah. class. I don't know. And everyone who wants to get baptized that year uh, has to come every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, just once that the then what what do they do it before Easter or something? They have a certain time mm-hmm. after Easter or whatever when they do the baptism. Okay. And then once you're baptized, then you can get married. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like beforehand, you go through classes. Yeah. But oh, yeah. that's what they are supposed to explain. Mm-hmm. But they really do never tell you plain out. I don't know if they don't know. Like that you have to accept Jesus. And this is um, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's definitely different from my experience. <laughs> I think I was like, uh, I was in my teens when I did, and it was just like um, with the local church. We went to um, like a a lake thing in the area, and um, for me, or for from my understanding, it was sort of like the physical representation, I guess, of the old being left behind mm. and stepping into the new, my new life with God. Miss Grumpy. Yeah. 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 Cool. So I got a, I got a bunch of verses we're going to go through in the Word, obviously. But uh, first I just kind of wrote down what they see everything that we're going to go through the word, what, what it says. So baptism is, it's a really powerful expression showing God and others what has already happened inwardly. Okay? It's not just a symbol of something. Like it is actually powerful. Like it's, it's not just, yeah, I can't put it any more plainly than that. It's not just a rep. It's not just a symbol. It's it's super powerful. So, um, when we go in the water, this is what it represents. When we go in the water, we die. And when we come out of the water, we're born again. So it's just like Jesus, right? Jesus died. He went into the ground. And then he rose again. And like, Jesus was obviously the first. It says he is the first more, firstborn of, among many brethren. 
So he's not the only begotten son anymore. He's the firstborn among many. It says that, there's scripture says exactly that as well. He is, we're, I'm his brother. You're his brother, you're his sister, you know? It's like we're Jesus' brother. He's not, he's, he's still God, but we're God's sons too. We're God's daughters as well because of that. So this, it's so much representation in the Bible of baptism, of dying and rising again. So, so when, it's, when I'm saying that you die, what dies? You don't physically die, right? Mm-hmm. When you go in the water, you're not. <clears throat> what die? Our old self. Our, Our old self. Yeah. yeah. So what does that entail? Like what, what, what dies when we die? Like, like Christ. Sin, past. Imagine there's a dead person lying on the ground here. Okay? This is a person who's dead. Does this person care if I kick him? No. Does this person care if I call him names? If I, does, does this person have, have bad thoughts against me? That's what he's talking about. Like, picture that. This is what we... This should be an expression of what's already happened inwardly. To show God, to show other people, show ourselves, to, for us to remember. This dead person was our old self. Our old self, and then we're born again. Our spirit becomes new. We become brand new, totally re- recreated in every single way. You're not cleaned, cleaned off, like brushed off. You're a totally new. That person's dead, stays in the ground forever. Okay, totally new. Yeah, so when you go in the water, you die. When you come out of the water, you're born again, just like Jesus died and rose. We share in his resurrection. So sin and unrighteousness dies, and righteousness remains. So righteousness is just another word for being right with God. So like nothing that we did. It's Jesus, he, he was righteous, and he gave us his righteousness, his right standing with God. Because when we got saved, we didn't do enough good things to be good with God. We were always, we're stained from the beginning, we couldn't do anything. But because we believe in Jesus, then that righteousness comes on us, his right, his right standing. And that is the whole reason you get saved. That is the point that Jesus came to restore our right standing with God the Father. It wasn't so we can go to heaven one day. Jesus never says that, actually. He never says that. He talks about the kingdom of God a lot. And the kingdom of God, is, he's not necessarily talking about heaven. He's talking about a way of being, a way of living, a way of thinking, just like he was and did on this earth. Like the like what he thinks, how he thinks, like like it would it would be as if you imagine heaven would be. See, so there's no no one hates anybody in heaven. Like nobody nobody murders anyone. No one argues with anyone. No one has sin up there. And all this stuff. Like that's the kingdom of God. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is inside of you says, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. And people say, come over here. Because the kingdom of God's over here. Don't go look over there. It's pointless. He says it's inside of you. All right? 
So righteousness remains after. The result is you're born again and you have eternal life. This sounds a lot like salvation, right? Right? I think this is where a lot, a lot of people get confused with being baptized and, and being saved. Like, well, I'll just go through it. I can't do, no spoiler alerts yet. Uh, so you are made right with God. Your identity as children of God is restored. You're free from sin. And you live forever. Right from that moment. When you get saved, you're free from sin. And you live forever. So you have eternal life right then. You're not waiting to die and have eternal life. Because you die. Your old man's dead. Your old person's dead. Your spirit is new. You become a new person. You have eternal life. You live forever. Even though your body will one day die if Jesus doesn't come back before then. But you, who you are, who we are, the spirit inside of us, our, our own spirit, will live forever. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of other people, other people hurting us or killing us or whatever. We're going to live forever. We're living forever. We can start right away. Right away. All that stuff that what heaven's going to be like, that's available right now for us. Right now. Everything you can think of. The unimaginable things. It's, it's, it's so crazy. I can't imagine. That's available right now. Okay, let's go to Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. So I'm going to read. Acts 8. Acts 8. Acts 8. 26 to 40. So I'm going to start reading this is NLT version again. Uh, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he, he met the treasurer, treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kendrick, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, uh, seated in his carriage he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet isaiah the holy spirit said to philip go over and walk alongside the carriage philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet isaiah philip asked do you understand what you're reading the man replied how can i unless someone instructs me and he urged philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him the passage of scripture he had been reading was this He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his uh, descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me what the prophet is talking about, himself or someone else. So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And they rode along. As they rode along, they came to some water. Uh, 
And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went his own way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. So I find it very awesome in uh, verses 35 and 36 where Philip, where the eunuch's asking him, like, what's this guy talking about in the scripture? In 35 it says, so, so beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. Right? So he's talking about Jesus. Jesus is, this, is the lamb. That he's talking that he's reading about in Isaiah, and he said in verse thirty six right away he said they rode along they came to some water and the eunuch said look there's some water why can't I be baptized? So obviously, Philip's telling him about the gospel he's telling him about Jesus, and in the same sentence in the same conversation he's talking about baptism, right? It's not one one or the other. And you can kind of put this around her so that she doesn't fall. She doesn't mind the fall. There you go. Yeah. So, do you guys see that? Do you guys see that as well as me? I like Philip's talking about the good news about Jesus. And the next sentence, this guy is talking about baptism. Like, why would he talk about baptism? Because mm-hmm. Philip was obviously talking about baptism. And that's the good news about Jesus. It's Jesus, baptism, a bunch of stuff, right? So that's just uh, one awesome example of, I'll go through it, how the Bible constantly, constantly talks about the good news, Jesus, and baptism, like in the same sentence all the time. Almost all the time. You know Jesus, you get saved, you get baptized, it's done. Like, that's one and the same. Um, let's also read First uh, Peter three, verse eighteen to twenty-two. First Peter three, eighteen to twenty-two. So Christ suffered for our sins, once for all time. He never sinned. But he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. Isn't that crazy? Not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience, it is effective because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So, that verse 21 is where I feel like a, a lot of people, a lot of Mennonites that, that I know, like they read that half verse, it's like, and that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you. And they're like, baptism saves you. That's how you get saved. 
baptized, you're safe. You're good. You can live how you want. You're baptized, right? I've heard that plenty from my friends growing up. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm just doing bad, living bad, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll just get baptized someday, and then it'll all be good. I'm like, that's just weird. You think just dipping yourself in water is going to change your life or what? So if you just keep reading that same verse, not by removing dirt from your body. So you don't hop in a pool, someone calls a baptism, and then, then you're saved but a response to God from a clean conscience. So what's a clean conscience? How would you have a clean conscience? Can anyone? Like a sin-free conscience or something? Sin-free? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, your conscience. A cle- yeah. If you have a clear conscience... Say right now, I, I have a clear conscience because I know that I'm, God has nothing against me. I've been forgiven and I don't need to, I'm, or I'm not, I'm not afraid that there's something in my life or something missing that I haven't repented to God that he's going to like bring out of me or something. Or you know, Some people have this, this idea when they get to someone who's uh, very prophetic when they're in their presence or something or at a, at a church service and, and this prophet is going to like pick out people in the crowd <laughs> like don't pick me because I got this sin in my life and he's going to expose it that person who thinks like that has not a clean conscience he does not have a clean conscience he knows something's wrong and he doesn't want to expose it right so that's a good way to explain that but yeah, so that, that scripture there, just uh, it's exactly what I was saying before. It's, it's an expression of, of your clean conscience, of, of, of what you've done in, or what Jesus has done in your, your response to that, right? Um, that one part oh, <coughs> oh at, yeah the first uh, verse 20 those who disobeyed God, God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood and that water's picture of baptism so yeah so Noah that is like God's like picture of what was going to happen in the in the future right so <clears throat> you all know the story right the whole world got flooded and uh, noah and his family and and their families they're only in there's only eight people out of all of them in the and then all the animals so that's just a picture of everything that is not righteous god said that those eight people were righteous those are righteous people because they believed God, just like Abraham believed God, and they got on the boat. Like Noah told people, was preaching for, I forget how many years he took to build that boat, 100 years, something crazy, to come with, to come on. No one came. So everything that wasn't righteous died. Everything. Every, every animal, every human being 
was dead. And all that came out of it was righteousness. Right? So the flood pointed towards that covenant that God made. You know, the covenant of the rainbow. So you know that? God promised he will never flood the whole world, whole world again. And he said he put the rainbow in the sky to, to remind him when, when the clouds come on the earth, the rainbow will come, and then you'll remember, okay, I made this covenant with man, so that's never going to happen again. And that's in, in Genesis 9, if you want to look that up. Um, so we die to who we were, and we come out righteous. We come out right standing with God. That's what God desires for us. The unrighteousness would be removed, and the person would come alive. So when we're baptized, we die and rise again. And when we believe that we become righteous and die to sin in our selfish ways and live for him, no longer for ourselves, we live that covenant of love that fulfills the entire law. So it's, I feel like, like baptism, it's just, it's just so packed with everything. Because you have to talk about salvation and, and what that brings it brings your righteousness. It brings your, you have a clean conscience because you're no longer under sin. Romans 6, 7, 8 talks about you're free from sin. Like 12, 15 times. We are free from sin, free from sin, free from sin, free from sin. Sin is not an issue anymore. Don't need to talk about sin. It's not on our minds. Shouldn't be on our minds. Because if I'm always thinking about sin or not sinning, then what's going to happen? I'm going to sin. If you keep thinking about one thing, whatever that is, anything, that thing's going to drive your life. I was in, worked in a lot of jobs or like uh, sales jobs. And all the good guys had like a, a board in front of them at work, at their desks all the time. They got their goals on there, written out or pictures. Like, I want this house. I want this car. I want this watch. I want this and that. They're looking at that every day, doing that. And they get it. And they take it down. They put up another one. Take it down and put another one. It's the same thing. If I'm thinking not to sin, okay, don't sin, don't sin. I'm looking at don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. You're thinking about sin all day, all the time. I used to live like that. That sucked. I was so bad. I was just trying, trying so hard not to do something. When I didn't know that God said that I'm free from that, so I should have been like, thank you, God that I'm free. Thank you that I'm righteous. Thank you that I'm holy. Thank you that I'm this. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to go to Romans 6, verse 1 to 6. Is this helping anybody? If anyone has any questions, just speak up whenever. I like, I like questions. So Romans 6, 1 to 6. Does anyone want to read that? Poncho? Sure. Oh, you're going to do it. All right. <laughs> well then, should we keep on sinning on that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? 
for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might not sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. That's good. I'm just going to keep reading it a little bit more. It says, For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. (laughs) (laughs) We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I like these next three. I have these highlighted. There's these three don'ts in there. It says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. I think that word completely in there is very important. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So that was really packed. Plus stuff, eh? Does any of that jump out to anybody? Makes a whole lot of sense. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. It says we were died and we... For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. We are no longer slaves to sin. I, I just find that it's... Uh, like years ago, um, I would pray for all kinds of things, and now I'm doing more. Just thank God for everything. Yeah. Because He just blesses us every day. Because He got it all. Yeah. <laughs> and everything is His. Yeah. Everything is God's. That's what I realized too. When I got this revelation of like that, I am in right standing with God. I don't have to try anymore. That whole law and grace thing. Once I got that, I, I had a very hard time to pray for anything. Like, let alone, like, stuff. I didn't care about stuff. I was like, God, I want to stop sinning. I don't want to do this sin that I'm always stuck in. I don't want to exaggerate. I don't want to lie. I don't want to look at this that I shouldn't be looking at or talk about this that I shouldn't be talking about. I'm like, God, help me with that. Help me with this. Help me with this. Now, after God's given me this revelation of who I am, my identity, and I actually read the Bible, (laughs) the Bible says, I am good. I am righteous. I am loved. I have the mind of Christ. I don't think bad thoughts. 
The enemy is the one that tries to bring in bad thoughts, makes them think that that's me. The devil says, did God really say that you were righteous? And then I'm like, oh, I feel so bad at this. And, sh- and my cycle of living was always sin, shame, repent, repeat, over and over. Like, can everyone relate to that? Yeah. Like, that was all the time. I'm sinning. Oh, I feel so bad. I feel shame. Sorry, God. Crying like crazy. Repenting. I'm sorry. I don't want to do this anymore. A little time goes by. I do it again. A time goes by. I do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Forever. Years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Didn't know how to do it. No one explained it. Didn't really. Yeah, didn't know. And then God gave me this revelation. You're free from sin. And once I believed that I was free, then I started to live that way. But before, I was trying to live that way so that I would, that I would be free. It's the flip, flip-flop. That is what Jesus died for. I think of that now. I was like, what did I think I was saved from? Like, what did Jesus do when I got saved? How did my life change? I'm like, I don't, I don't remember what, like my motive changed. I wanted to not do bad anymore. Like that changed big time. But I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the understanding of what God was saying. Like I was, I had a pure heart. I wanted to do good. I hated it when I did evil. That shows that I was changed. I was saved. That shows that I'm saved. But once you realize that God has changed us. Our identity is totally new. When we were born again, we're a new creation, totally new, a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. And then we live from that place knowing I am this. And just because I believe that, then I just start walking it out. I'm not trying to walk it out. I'm not trying to do sin. I, I mean, I'm not trying to do good. I just do it. When I realized, oh, I, I have the mind just like Jesus. I think just like God, because the Bible says so. I do. So I want to do good all the time. And then I realized, before I was, I was always struggling with, in, when I first got saved, um, in my mind, right? The battlefield where the enemy works is in your head. And I was thinking always, like, trying to distinguish between my voice, what I was saying in my head, God's voice and the devil's voice, right? Now, that has totally changed. What's happened is I know God's voice because I read his word, right? Devil's voice, totally ignore it. My voice, doesn't matter. Because I have my own opinions, whatever. My, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't line up with what God says, it's not worth dwelling on. And that can lead me astray. Then all of a sudden, it's like the other week, the way that seems right to a man. The way that seems right. Oh, I think this is right. I think this is right. Based on what? What other people said, your past experience, blah, blah, blah. Not what Jesus says. So again, Jesus stands in front of me and says that I'm, I'm righteous and I'm good. I just did something bad. Who's right? My mind or him? <laughs> right? Like, he's God. 
And all it requires is for us to believe in him. And then it actually works out that it is true, it's always true, but it will never be a reality in our lives until we believe that. Yeah, that was 11. For a very, very long time, I never, I never even knew that, uh, that while it says, so you also should consider yourself to be dead mm. to the power of sin. And I honestly, I never even knew that. I just thought, well, the sin, that was my sin, even though <clears throat> I had what? asked to forgive. I've asked God to forgive me, but but once we're dead, then then we don't have to ask anymore. Like that's all we're done with. Yeah. And I for the for a very long time never even knew. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're doing like when you do something sinful on purpose you know you're doing it you're making a choice and you do it it's very different than if you you do something and you didn't know that it was bad okay that's very different that's yeah you messed up for sure but when you know that it's bad and you do it and you want to do it that's very different right but like it's sin and you are free from that you're free from the punishment of it. You're free from that guilt, from that shame, from that condemnation. It says you, oh, you're not saying now, or I'm screwing up, or now I'm bad. Now I gotta like get right again to a certain point, wherever. I'm never gonna get to where I'm supposed to go. Like, like being free from sin is so much deeper and so much more ingrained in our everyday than I think most people realize. Like, like a like a bad thought. You can get to a place where you have zero evil thoughts, where everything is selfless. You choose totally all the time, 100% of the time, always. Like always. And you're not trying, you just do it because you know who you are. Like the thought, you, you don't get, when someone does something bad against you, irritates you or makes you angry you can be in that moment walking in the spirit what would the spirit of god what what would he do what does god wants to do in that circumstance I'd love that person don't think of myself oh i'm feeling offended i'm feeling bad he hurt my feelings no i'm gonna that person's doing that and i can see that person for who they really are for their value I don't see the bad that they do. I see this person doesn't have understanding in this area, doesn't know God as, as well as they think they know God or know God at all. So I'm going to love this person so he'll know God more. I'm going to be like Jesus towards him. Because can you imagine God doing that to us? Yeah. The way that we do it sometimes. Someone does something bad to me, and I just get all offended and get mad and... Like, oh man, I can't believe this guy said that. Imagine God saying this. Oh, I can't believe this guy said that. Don't you know that I forgave you already? Oh man, I'm so disappointed in you. God doesn't talk like that. God loves you and always sees you for who you really are. 
You're good. You're my son. I love you. There's nothing that baby can, nothing these babies can do that can, that make us like disappointed in them. Right? <laughs> nothing. They're just, yeah. So easy to love someone who's so innocent, right? And that's how God sees us. Innocent. Um, yeah. So, I wanted to share this uh, little testimony I had. Um, I went to uh, Papua New Guinea, I forget when it was, years ago. It's, a, it's an island right beside Indonesia, like right above Australia. And we were there for a couple months. I was there with a, a team that I was leading. And... And we went to this, this church there, and they asked us to speak every time, that, every time they had church there. Because they, I don't know, I don't even know if they had a pastor or what. But they knew we were coming, and they just honored us, so they gave us the opportunity to speak about whatever God wanted us to speak about. And then one day, we were going to talk about baptism. And because we heard that there was two, like, really a really big division in the like tribes and villages on like full immersion baptism. So like going fully under the water or like sprinkling water, like, like Catholics. And I forget who it was. Someone in the church came up to us and told us this. And they said that even the, the pastor's wife never got baptized because she wanted to know what was the right way. Like that. So like, okay, we're going to, we'll talk about baptism this time. And so tons of people came, and we just read scripture. What does God say? I don't know anywhere in the Bible that says baptism is like sprinkling water. We're just reading the examples of what God says in the Bible. And then after that, we, we said, okay, after this service, we're going to be down by the water at this, this time. If anyone wants to come and get baptized, they can come. And uh, yeah, so... We went down there afterwards, and there was probably hundred something people that came. They're like, where's it's, this is village life, right? So there's no one's got places to be at a certain time. They're going to get food and go swimming and live life, you know, kill a chicken. That's that's about it, you know. Collect water so you can have a bath and and get water to drink. That's it. And and I remember there's these two people. This one. Older lady. She must have been like late eighties. Like <coughs> very old lady. She she just started just came in the water. There was a huge lineup of people just wanted to get baptized. And uh I baptized a few people and then I got a lot of the students to to do it as well. That was at the time I was uh leading the school with YWAM. And so these two girls were in, this lady walked in there and they baptized her underwater and the girls they couldn't lift her up anymore. Like, oh, oh. She, the Holy Spirit just knocked her out. She just passed out uh-huh. right away. Oh and, and I jumped in the water and grabbed this lady and carried her out. Right? She was a smaller lady. I could carry her out, just drenched the water and just put her down on this mat. And like all these, I don't know how many people, 100 so people were just watching. Like, whoa, whoa. Like the power of God has hit this lady and now... 
Yeah, so that was a great example for them. And then this other guy came in, and we knew from talking to him previously that he wasn't saved. He didn't believe in Jesus. And he just walked in the water. And I was there, I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, I want to get baptized. But you don't believe in Jesus. He's like, now I do. So he got saved right then, and he got baptized right then, which was so cool. Like, that was just rejoiced over that so much. Like, I feel like baptism has been really... I don't know how to explain like people get really confused by it when it's very simple actually. It's very simple. God says to give up to get baptized. Get baptized when you get saved. When you make a confession and believe in your heart believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and then God rose him from the dead. Then you're saved, then you should get baptized. It has nothing to do with anything else. You believe God, get baptized, it represents that you are dead. This old person that is offended at people, that hates people, that, that is addicted to sin, all that stuff is dead. He's dead. That's what Jesus did when you believe. And now you're going to die. You're going to go in the water just like Jesus and rise just like Jesus. And you're a new man. You're a new woman. You're a new person, right? That's what it is. Jesus got baptized. You know? I always think that's an amazing story when, because when John baptized Jesus and John didn't want to do it, he, yeah. says, he says, I should be baptized by you. And Jesus says, no, let it be this way now. I just need to get baptized. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's actually my next scripture I was going to read, Luke 3, 3. <coughs> Luke 3.3 3 says, Then John went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan River, preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. And, uh, and also read, I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures here in a row. You probably won't be able to ca- catch up, but I'll put all these notes on the message board as well. Okay. Yeah, so this one's Colossians 2, 12. This is in the Passion Version. It says, For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. The power that raised him from death's realm. In Galatians 3.27, in NLT, says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. You get baptized, you put on Christ like you put on new, new clothes. Mm-hmm. Romans 6.5, oh, we read some of this already, but since we've been united with him in his death, we are also raised to life as he was. Uh, Romans 6.6, 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. This is Mark 6.16, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Right? 
John 3, 5 says, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Therefore, That's where some people get it. If you're not baptized, you can't go to heaven. That word. Yeah. That scripture. Because I heard that. If you're not baptized, because some people... Usually they were really worried about it. It's just that person wasn't baptized. They, they think they could not get to heaven. And that's what I always think when people talk about that. I think the guy on the cross beside Jesus. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus say to him? He said to Jesus, he's like, you're saying he's done nothing wrong. He's like, remember, when me, remember me when you get to your kingdom. And Jesus says to him, Today you'll be with me in paradise. He's like, you're, you're, you're going to see me. You're going to be in heaven with me. He didn't get baptized. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not the water that cleanses your body. It's the clear conscience. Mm-hmm. That's what he's talking about. Baptism is representing your clear conscience. That guy had a clear conscience. He knew he recognized Jesus is God. He's got to be God. He's going to die and he's going to be in his, in his kingdom. Please remember me. He ha- he, Jesus could, you could hear and see his heart, right? What he believed. <laughs> he knew himself that he deserved to be on that cross for what he did. Yeah. And Jesus here, again, what I said before, said Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a place. Jesus says himself, it's not over here, it's not over there. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. It's not heaven when you die. We don't get saved and become a new creation to go to heaven one day. That's obvious. We're going to be with God. But the kingdom of God is the, the way you live, your attitude, your... You're walking like God on this earth. Like a new creation. Like Jesus. You're good always. Love always. Pure in your thoughts. Pure in your motives. Pure in your actions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another one. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's everyone. Anyone that's saved, you can go baptize people. You don't need to go to school. You don't need anything. You need to have God inside of you and not be afraid to drown when you step in some water. Like, that's it. It doesn't matter if it's in a lake or a bathtub or a hot tub or anything. It just doesn't matter. I don't know. You probably read this. But I missed it. That is uh, John 3, verse 8, where it says, The wind blows wherever it wants, wherever it wants. Yeah. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. Mm. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> I've read, read that verse many <coughs> times, but never. Never 
understood it this way. Because <laughs> mm. that's when he's talking to Nicodemus and he's, not, he's saying, you must be born mm. again. He's like, how can I be born again? Going to my mother's womb again. Like, I'm an old man. I can't do that. And he's like, this is, he's like, I'm not talking about your physical body. I'm talking about the spirit. Your spirit is born again. So when you die, your physical body doesn't die. When you die in, in baptism, when you, when you die, and when you rise again, he's talking about the spirit, and that's what he's talking about. The spirit, you get saved, is like wind. You don't know where it comes from. How do you know that it exists? You can feel it. You can hear it. Right? It's the same way with the spirit. You can see people. You can, you can hear it. You can, you can feel it. You can see the effects of people that are saved, that are born again. You can see that in people's lives. And you can also see it when someone's not like that. And someone's, when someone's not like that, but they say they are. They're like, ah, there's something off about that person. It's, it's a spirit. It's a spirit thing. Uh, yeah, and Romans 6.3 or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? I think this is a, something that I feel is a really big message on my heart. Is that we have to remember that being Christians means that we're, we're dead. We're, our old person is dead. That offended person, that hateful person, that person that loves doing bad stuff is dead. That person's dead, totally dead, like that picture I showed before. There's a dead guy on the ground. That person doesn't care what you do to him. That's us. We don't have the right to be offended anymore. We don't have the right to hate anybody. We don't have the right to any of that stuff. We don't, we don't hold up our rights when we, people are, do bad things to us. What does Jesus say? If someone strikes you on the right cheek... Turn your cheek the other way. Let them strike you again. If someone asks you to, if a soldier asks you to, to carry his, carry his bag, carry his other, for a mile, carry it for two miles. Like, what did Jesus do? That's what he did. He always gave himself, always gave more. He wasn't, he wasn't a doormat. He didn't get walked all over, you know, just whatever. He loved people by being like a slave to people. Like if you want to be first, you have to be last. Right? Last in the world's eyes. It's like we really have to remember this in, in baptism. Like this, this death that he's talking about is, that's a good thing for us. We don't want that person to be alive. That person is selfish and rude <coughs> and offensive and hates people, doesn't like himself is jealous, is in that cycle of shame, sin, shame, repent, repeat, just all the time, just never feeling good, has a clear conscience for a little while after they've repented and cried, and then they sin again, and then they feel bad again, and then they gotta repent, and they do that again. You know, it's just a horrible cycle of just ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. And when we actually get into the Word and spend time with God, our life can just be like this now. 
It can totally just be like that all the time, not like this. Oh, waves of life, up and down. Baba talks about that, like about being tossed to and fro by different winds of doctrine, what we believe, you know? Are people seeing what, are you guys seeing what, how this all ties into baptism? <coughs> Being dead, alive, yeah. Uh, where was I? I've always wanted to ask about, um, you said that he didn't let anyone, like, use him as a doormat. Yeah. I've always wanted to ask about that because... Sometimes, you know, I feel like I do things for people because I love them. Yeah. And eventually I realize, okay, now I'm like, they realize what I'm doing and now they're just kind of using me. And I feel like, but is it wrong of me to notice that? <laughs> you know, does that mean I'm not loving them if I all of a sudden just see it as that, like, they're kind of using me? Like, I don't know. I always wanted to ask, like, how do you do that and not let people use you? I think it comes down to your perspective. Like, what's the, what's an example? Do you have an example of or someone? Yeah, you do? Yeah. There was one time that we were going to have a whole weekend. family weekend. Yeah. And then her old boss, where she didn't even work anymore, called her in and asked her to work that weekend. Yeah. Where she didn't even work just because they knew that she would do it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what, that's what you're talking about, right? Well, I mean, for, for that example, it's like, it's, you have to, it's your privilege to do that or not do that. For one, that, that shame, that guilt, that condemnation, that's not yours. If you say no to that, you're not condemned. You don't need to have shame. You don't need to have guilt. That's fine. But you can also do that and know that that's coming at a cost to you, right? That's taking away your, your time with family or whatever the circumstance is. So you have a choice in that. And either one is right. But it's your choice. But never does God use that shame, guilt, condemnation. That's not God. Right, so Jesus, he he did. What's an example of Jesus? I can't think of one now, where someone was taking advantage of Jesus. Can you think of one? I've always wanted to like. I've always wanted to read about something like that so that I could see what he does. Mm. Like people are always the Pharisees and Sadducees and stuff. They're always trying to trap him. Right, they're trying to trap him to say something that that is wrong, so they can have a reason to kill him. Right, and he does. He's just too smart. He just doesn't jump into that stuff. But like, even when he, I think when he washes disciples' feet, right, he's being like a slave to them. And Peter sees that. He's like, "Whoa, you can't do this. You're not a slave. That's what the lowest of the low person in the household slave does. You know, they wash the dirtiest part of your body all the time because they're in sandals all the time and." Yeah, very dirty feet all the time. And Jesus is like, if you don't let, let me do this, you have no part of me. He's like, oh, clean my whole body then. He's like, I want everything to be clean. <laughs> Jesus didn't have to do that. It was his choice. 
And he was setting an example that we can be just like that. We can choose. It's my privilege to do this, to love you, to clean the toilets. Imagine you went to your friend's house and just cleaned the toilet all the time. What would they think of you? But think, oh man, Lisa's, Lisa's awesome. She always cleans her toilet. Let's invite her over all the time. Imagine if you, you said, okay. And every time you went, you just cleaned the toilet. Never complained. Just loved them. And you had that, like, people don't do that for very long without asking questions. Why are you doing this? People are naturally, like, Curious in those circumstances where something is totally abnormal. Like they will ask and then you have your opportunity. Right? And you're not pushing it on them. You're loving them like no one else even wants to ever think of loving them. I'm cleaning where your poop is. Right? It's like, again, like that's, that's how I see it anyways. It's those circumstances. It's, It's your privilege to love as far as you want. I heard a story this week too. Uh, it was a nurse. She worked in a hospital and, and her son got killed, got shot. And uh, I'm going to make the story short, as short as I can, but she, she worked in a nurse uh, in the in hospital and, and then this person who killed her son got sick. She always prayed for him. She loved him. And uh, that person got sick, got in hospital. She took care of him in the hospital. She just asked, why did you kill my baby? Because her youngest son. And he had cancer. She had to f- feed him through a straw. She did all that. She took care of him all through his sick to his death in the hospital. But he did, she did also lead him to the Lord. Yes, that too. Mm. She killed her son. Yeah. Or he killed her son. I think and the thing is too, like, though, that even in those circumstances, because I have friends like that too, and they're just so giving, <laughs> so generous, and sometimes don't know how to say no to as well. Because that's tricky, like, out of that generosity, sometimes it's hard to say no. But we also have to be able to say no and stand up for ourselves, I think, in in a way that is loving. You know, like, to say, for example, if, if someone is continually, like, doing wrong by you, they will see the love that you give, but also, like, if you can respect yourself as well in those circumstances and say enough is enough and and this is where I'm coming from and this is my heart like I love you um, and I want to do all I can for you but but I also love myself and respect myself enough because we are to love ourselves Um, and I remember this one time I was in church and I got <laughs> I got so offended by this there was this older lady and she was like she always was there like forever I can remember like she was always at the front <clears throat> and I remember her from since I was a child she was at that church she barely talked to me and this one time she came up to me and she was talking to me and she said something quite profound that I've never forgotten she's like 
um, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm good or something. And I was quite run down. Uh, I was like sick. And she said, she said to me without even knowing my circumstances or anything, she's like, um, you have to love yourself, yourself first to be able to love anyone else. You know, like you can't, like otherwise you'll just run out. You know, it'll run out. And I remember being so offended. I was like, how dare her? Like, she doesn't know my circumstances. She doesn't know me. Like, but it really, why I got so um, worked up, I think, is because it spoke right to my heart and it was like God speaking through her saying to, to love others effectively and well, I have to love myself and respect myself. And if I don't, then I'm actually not loving others to the fullness that I can, that God wants me to. I think that's like a big, I think that's a huge part of, of that, like generosity, you know, like um, be just as generous to yourself and, and your, who you are um, and, and, and even in the giving that you do and the generosity, people see it. Like John was saying, like it doesn't, it's, it feels like it probably doesn't get seen a lot of the time, like 90% of the time, but it does. At the end of the day, people see your heart and your generosity, the, like, because I can imagine that you would just be like, <coughs> it's in your genes, it's in your blood, like, you're constantly like that. And people see that and it's different and, and sometimes they do abuse it and you have to be like, okay, enough is enough too, you know, because you've got to love yourself, to, to love them, and they will respect that. Like, people go, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, she knows who she is. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that helps, but... Yeah, <clears throat> also, also, says, also says in Proverbs that a wife can't, or a husband can't love his wife unless he loves himself. Mm. Yeah. That goes for anyone. You can't love people unless you yeah. love yourself. Totally. And I think, like, again, you have that privilege to go as far as you want, how far did Jesus go? He died. Mm-hmm. The most unjust death ever. The most perfect person only did good, healed people, and people called him a murderer, called him he was full of demons, called him everything. And then they killed him. And he's like, that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, we can go that far if we want. And man, that'll be a great day when you meet Jesus. Like, this is a person who never lived for himself. Yeah. This is the person that's first in the kingdom. You know? That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, I forget what last one I read. Uh, go. It's a couple more scriptures to read here. Uh, Acts two thirty eight. As Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there he's talking about three things all at the same time. Salvation, baptism, Holy Spirit. Boom, boom, boom. Each of you must repent of their sins, turn to God, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Romans 6, 4 says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. 
it's again new life and last scripture I'm going to read here is First uh, Peter three twenty one. It says, "In that water is oh, it's one we already read. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not the removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection power. So yeah." That's what I have on baptism. <coughs> I believe, like, so many... If you read through Acts, Book of Acts, <coughs> when the disciples are, are preaching the gospel and leading people to Jesus, they're, all the time they're talking about salvation, baptism, salvation, baptism. Like, it's, like, in the same sentence all the time. It's like, you don't have to wait. You don't have to take a... take a three-week course. You don't have to... Wait to, for a specific day or anything. You can't get baptized right there, right then, right away. Again, there's nothing in the Word of God that says you have to do anything before that. You believe in God and you get baptized. If you got baptized before you believe in God, you can. I I would suggest to do it again, just as an act. Yeah, that's uh, that's a question of. The whole colony, yeah. there's a lot of people that believe if you get baptized for the second time, then that's it. For you, you're not. You're never. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've heard that too. For, nah. for, that there's n- mm-hmm. no, nothing in the word talking about that. Anywhere. Mm. I had a very good conversation. It was actually me and you. Remember this guy here on the 8th? When me and you were working in the warehouse, we were giving him a ride to the warehouse. Okay. His yeah. vehicle broke Pete. down. Pete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, he's working by the butcher shop Port Dover now, but his vehicle was <laughs> broke down for a week, and we were just the next road over. We were working all the same place. We gave him a ride to work for a whole week, and every every morning we were talking about something, and all of a sudden this one morning he asked me what I thought about second baptism. I said, I really think if you don't feel like that you knew anything or that wasn't right for you and now you know better, I don't see nothing wrong with it. That was the last day he took a ride with us. For the longest time, he wouldn't even talk to me anymore. I just told him what I thought about it. He asked me. I told him exactly what I thought about it. I know a lot of people that don't even let their kids come home anymore just because they haven't been baptized for the when I, when I came out of my mouth, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Oh, yes, I know. That's a Mennonite thing that I heard, too. Mm. Get baptized twice, you're going to hell. Yep. I'm like, it should be the opposite. You get baptized twice, you're going to hell. You're going to heaven twice, or what? You're twice as good. <laughs> twice as twice as good. Like, First time I didn't understand it, now I knew. Now I know it's right, right? Yeah, like I... That, among a lot of other things, I'd be like, there's no... Those people can't tell you why. Mm. Why do you believe this? Because my mom told me, my dad told me. That's the normal answer. Yeah. Well, how do they know? Please show me that scripture so I'm not deceived. Like, I need to know that. I want to know that too. But it's not in there. Well, isn't it the opposite? Like, isn't there a story where they do get baptized again because the first time they did I don't know. 
does sound familiar. I don't know. I'll look into that. But... I was going to say, there's... I listened to this guy's message once, John Piper, and it was like oh, reading yeah. the Bible daily. And he was talking about, like, or someone asked him, Why would I spend my time reading the Bible when I can get information faster from listening to your messages? And he's like, That is a terrible idea. <laughs> and then he's like, um, If you read. Uh, is it Psalms? I think it was somewhere in Psalms um, where one of the psalmists is talking about how reading the Bible makes him smarter than his teachers because mm-hmm. he knows the word and wiser. And then it's just like all the stuff that he's better than because he can perceive if they're telling the truth or not, right? Yeah. And that's something that I think Beecha don't really do, right? It's like, well, the pastor said this, my mom said this. Yeah. Stuff like that. I heard um, one time, um, I don't know if any of you guys know Yip Krum. He used to be a pastor in Elmer EMMC Church. Anyways, I didn't even know. You guys have Ola Beach, right? Oh, yeah. And anyways, we had a crusade That's and awesome. we, we went there and every, we had every night different speakers and just about God they were talking to. I didn't even know this guy couldn't teach. And all of a sudden, he said something. He said, if his parents would have taught him, uh, well, no, if they didn't wouldn't have me out and didn't me out and so viel verstehen könnt, was they had must eat them clear. He said he would have been the smartest person. He knew that. And then he said, if they would have teach them only to understand the first version creatures, dann would er ordentlich die West haben. And he was a pastor. And this, this was, uh, I don't know how old, but John Benden when we got that. Probably we're still in public school anyways, for sure. And till oh, then, yeah. till then, I did not even know, I, I kidded a few each. We had to learn the Kirchus mark the heart. But so then, I, then I could, what we were saying. I could translate it myself into plot each. What that actually meant. See, the huge issue what they hung, that's confused so many people. Yeah, so the first verse is, was it still not when they stay will knock and men in these eleven wonderful songs? See, I think that's that right. was a prodigious And what yeah. is that in English? What is, what is the most important thing a man should be after every day? I don't know exactly. And, uh, and that's God. And, and what we should live. And that's about God. That is the first and the most important thing. Because did it each time? What is the answer to it? And God is the image of the glory. Okay, yeah, I remember like sitting there. But, but think, think about that. Do it in English at our prodigy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It says there so that you will receive. I'll never forget this, this pastor <laughs> just because that one word he said at each uh, in what they first kissed uh, in I just thought, man. It's so funny how that how they have it. Like I know s- so many people that get baptized and then they have to learn this for kissing. Yeah. And this, 
like if you really understand it, it's it helps you a lot. Sure. It Those verses but are all taken out of the Bible. Yeah. But I a lot, of, a lot of these guys that that do this. So then when you get baptized, you have to every Sunday or like four Sundays or something. Mm -hmm. You have to say part of that catechism. So mm -hmm. everyone, the preacher asks a question, person has to answer. That's the next guy. And a lot of these guys, they don't, they can't even read that well. So they listen to the catechism, and then they do the counting. Who's going to get that question? Yeah. Who's going to get that question? And then, the, and then they and sit memorize. there and just learn that one verse. Yeah. That's exactly. So that they answer, they can answer the preacher, and don't even don't. understand it. Just it's learn it out of heart so that they can say it. Because I I've heard of people that. Somehow the preacher messed up, so he switched questions. Mm. This guy's answering for that guy because that's yeah. that's the one that was. That <laughs> what was, he learned. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's the question he was, he was supposed to answer, so he's answering that one for the second time because that's what he learned. Yeah. I mean that whole criticism, that's all really awesome. Yeah. They should just do it in English or a plot each. Mm. Then you wouldn't know well, what I, you answer. I what think the here they have them both in English and in German. How, how did they do it in the church uh, when you guys got? They have it in English and in high German. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But like in church, they only do it in high German. Yeah, high German. Yeah. See, which most people cannot understand. Yeah. And, but, they and can't they, read it. Exactly. Yeah. They, can't, they can't even read it. Yeah, that's. Isn't that incredible? It is. Like, that's it's mind blowing. Well, when our kids were going to public school, that's when we decided all of a sudden we need to go to a different church where it's English so that they can understand, so they can never tell me because I had this problem already. QDJ <laughs> couldn't understand, didn't know what it meant. I didn't want them to go through that too. Even if they did just learn English, at least understand it. Know what you're talking about. That's why we're kind of thinking yeah, if it would be a right thing for us to and there's there's a lot more stuff, but well, you come to church every Saturday. <laughs> this is church. That's that's so true. Church is not a building somewhere on a Sunday. You know what? If they would find out out that we did this, we can't yeah. do that. It's, yeah. it's like I, I, I got a brother. That? He's a pastor there. <laughs> I'm gonna ask him sometimes. <laughs> Hope he would condemn that too. I've thought about that thoughts. so much this last few weeks. What I would get for an answer if I would ask any one of those pastors, yeah. like, or if, if I could just tell them, look, I would not want to be you guys. I should, I should stand in front of Jesus and Jesus says, are you the guy that didn't let this guy go to Bible study? And then he would have to say, mm -hmm. yes, I'm one of them. Like, I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering what his answer would be. Yeah. Like, you you it just hurts your heart, eh? It's like, oh man, like, please. <laughs> you know, on your home, your home, you know him too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but they, uh, their their thing all started very funny too because when it was in Haiti, the big earthquake, then mm -hmm. some of their kids want volunteer there and then they the door just opened and their eyes just opened 
and all of a sudden they had some kind of Bible study or something too, in a bunch of people, and he was convinced he would teach the old colony people, a lot of people, he would teach them this, and he was really good at it too. They had quite a big group going, and all of a sudden, the pastors found out, and that was done. He could not believe. He thought he would really teach them and get them to know more. And I said right away, it's only going to last a certain time. She has another stinky diaper. And sure enough, that didn't last not very long. And it, that's, that's sad. I mean, a lot of those people that he, that he was with, I think they all love to. They were, they're doing their different things now. But and it's also funny that one, one of the, when we were getting baptized, we did the whole class, that one of the preachers was actually saying that, try to stay at our church, because we have so many young people, right after they get baptized, they come to church for a little bit, and then they go to a different church. And I can totally see what, mm-hmm. like, they do this, and then, okay, they feel good about what they did, and then they want to keep going, but, you know, it's just, it's not there, it's not there, and then they start... Okay, they have family here. Okay, well, they know, and they start talking, and then, okay, and then, then they find out, you know, it's just better if you go somewhere else because where we're at, we, we can't find. You, you so, can't, so, yeah. so, can't get the help what you want. Availability there that you can go and learn or ask. That is so true. But honestly, I believe those preachers don't. I'm not saying there's none of them, but I, I most think of them. I don't think that they are born again. Um, I, sorry, I no. found what I was talking about. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's actually talking about like physical baptism. He might just be talking about like baptism of the spirit or something. But it's um, Acts 19, 1 to 6, I think. Acts 19, 1 to 6. <coughs> I'll just read it out. Uh, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive... Oh, yeah. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then what, what baptism did you experience? Mm-hmm. He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but... John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, basically, John's baptism is for repentance. And Jesus' baptism is for repentance as well, but in the name of Jesus, the Savior. So you're believing in the Savior. And before, it was just like, like John's baptism was basically just like the sacrifices that the Israel's, Israelites had to make. They sacrificed the, the goat or the calf or the dove or whatever it was, and then they're good. Then they feel good. Then they got that buffer until they sin again, you know? That's the same way that, that I live, that so many Christians live. I sinned, I had shame, I repented. Oh, I felt good. And then a little while I went, oh, I sinned again. I feel bad. Same thing. I was under the law. That was my sacrifice all the time to God. My shame and repentance. 
So John's was a baptism of repentance, that same repentance that had to keep being done, keep being done, keep being done. You know? Yeah, it was, uh, in Bible time, there was too, because uh, only the priests could forgive sins and stuff like that, right? They had to get behind the curtain always to do that. Um, I don't know how the pastors here have it where you guys are going, but in Mexico, it used to be years ago, there was a lot like that you had to bring to the, you had to tell them. When I learned that the, when the curtain ripped, when Jesus died, mm. That's where it was done. You didn't have to do that. They're still holding on to that in Mexico. I don't know if here, but there it is. So what are you guys feeling with uh, with everything's going on with you guys then? That's some big uh, decisions to make or big things going on in your heart or what? It's, like, it's just amazing yes. Like we're, really, uh, we're really new to this. Also. Yeah. Awesome. I feel privileged to be able to speak to anyone. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I mean, that's why I try to, I don't know, I probably read like 25 scriptures today. Like, I just want it's all the Bible. Just read it for yourself. Know what it says. And whatever translation or language you want or feel, but it's the Bible. It's, that's... It's what it is. And when it's you not come, hearsay. It's, yeah. Sorry. When you come to the point that you understand, but there's always something, I'm not quite sure, I didn't understand, whatever, that's when you really go back to the Bible and that's what he said and I really have to see. Is that really yeah, what it says totally. here? And that's what, it really helped me a lot. Yeah. To, to assure me that's really what it means like I had been brought up so different than from really what the Bible says and yeah because even in the beginning like when we started coming here then when, when John said something I'm like really? and then that's what he says <laughs> and then, then, then we read it like in the Bible, and it's like, no, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, that, that's the thing. When, once you can picture it, no, it was not him saying The Bible yeah. said that, right? Yeah. yeah. I started the New Testament a couple weeks ago, and now I'm on Mark, and on Mark 2, um, verse 27, um, it says, Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath... Oh, this is when the Pharisees are condemning him for doing acts of good on the Sabbath. And then he's like, the Sabbath was made to uh, meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Yeah. So your church is trying to get you to require stuff of you for them. That doesn't sound very right to me. Yeah, it's funny. I, I read that on the yesterday. This week, one night, anyway. Yeah. Really the same thing. I, we had, uh, unfortunately, we do work sometimes something on Sunday, mm-hmm. but uh, we had uh, in Hilbert's meal this one Sunday. I I asked, I knew they wouldn't do it anyways, but I just asked, anyways. There's uh, two girls, the one was gonna 
go back to Mexico in the winter time. She was going to get married. I knew that already. They told me. So I asked them, would you help me do one thing tomorrow? Straight in the eyes. I said, no, I can't do that. I said, so, I said, I, I thought so you wouldn't do it anyways, but, uh, but you couldn't go back to Mexico now. You're going to get married, right? I said, yeah. I said, you're going to have cows, probably milking cows. Yeah. I said, you're not going to do nothing with that on Sunday either? Oh, yeah, that has to be. Has to be done. I said, uh, so if uh, you don't want to do nothing on Sunday, if one of the cows is going to fall and barn then, are you going to wait till Monday or are you going to try to help it now? She didn't even get that. They from the Bible, but I was referring to the donkey, but Jesus says, will you wait till Monday, or will you help it today? And I, I mean, you always think different things, like I know some people, they're so against it, they wouldn't do absolutely nothing, but all the bad things they do, if they're sick, they're running off to the hospital or doctor, don't even think twice, those people got to work somewhere. And they get the job only because they have to take certain turns. They have to take weekends too sometimes. They can't be... Well, this just what you're talking about is in uh, Romans 14.4. talks about that. It says, Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, or with the Lord's help they will stand and receive his approval. If... Uh, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it in honor of Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. So he's talking right there. It's like, yeah, Sabbath is good. Go to church on Sunday, make that holy day, that's great. That's awesome. If I think every day is a holy day and I want to spend time with Jesus every day, that's good too. No one should condemn me otherwise. That's good. If you want to set aside time for God, that's good. Great. No problem. Nothing wrong with that. Don't tell me because I worship on a Monday that that's bad. But that's good too. You know, if I choose not to do on a Sunday and choose to do on a Thursday, that's good too. Because hey guys, I want to go. Yeah, yeah. Just wait until we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's just one more thing I really wanted to talk about. Um, if anyone has any, first of all, does anyone have any more questions about baptism or anything that they didn't hear or didn't understand from today? Um, I know in the old colony, they don't, like, dunk people, but, like, they kind of, like, just pour a cup of water. That's okay, too, right? Or, what is that? I just don't see that anywhere in the Bible. That's all. Okay. The only baptism that I read about in the Bible is full immersion. So the word baptism means, like, uh, like, dyeing a piece of cloth. Okay, if you put a piece of cloth in the dye, it's got to go all the way in, or else that piece isn't isn't covered. 
So that word baptism means like that. Picture that when you're, you have a white, white piece of clothing and you put it in like purple dye. You put it in there and it comes out purple, fully purple, all the way purple. If you're just sprinkling it, then you got some white spots, you got whatever, you know? So one like a sprinkle like that wouldn't necessarily be a baptism then, would it? It's not as it, it is in the Bible. Yeah, it's not as it is in the Bible. But again, if you believe in Jesus and you receive that, that's good. It doesn't have to do with the wash, the cleaning of your skin. Again, like we read, it has to do with a clean conscience. What don't be, don't be condemned heart, if right? that's a sprinkling or that's a cup of water. Doesn't matter. Jesus is seeing your heart, the outward condition, the outward action. Yeah. In that sense, doesn't really matter. But the only thing that I read in the Bible, that I see in the Bible, is all the way in the water, all the way out. Going in, you're totally dead. You come up, you're totally and alive. And you never know why they ever started, just like with a little bit. Yeah, Maybe. who knows? I feel like it's convenient. <laughs> it's easier than... Yeah. I've heard a story somewhere of it was because of, I don't know, oh, it was yeah. because of oh, the if you need a chair, run down that room if you so okay, really sit in the back. What? I don't know. It was more convenient to just do yeah, it with more water. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where they got it from and then it just stayed like that. Yeah. Almost yeah. in secret, right? And then mm-hmm. they could do it quickly there, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that would make total sense, right? Yeah. All right. So, last thing. If anyone has been baptized or has been baptized and wants to get baptized, let's get baptized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get baptized. Like okay. anyone and everyone. Yeah. Like, does anyone, I was thinking about this today. I was thinking, I was thinking about it a long time ago actually, but today again. Does anyone know anyone who has a hot tub? Mm-hmm. Maria, oh, yeah, Maria. I was thinking it'd be cool to get baptized in a hot tub. It's really cold. Naturally. Yeah, because it is cold. <laughs> I mean, in Australia, we just go to the beach, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, the beach, uh, that would be a little... It's a little chilly right now. It'd be freezing right now, but it'd be pretty cool still. But, but yeah, that's what I just wanted to ask. If anyone wants to get baptized, let's talk about it. Let's do it. I just like Philip talking to that Ethiopian eunuch. Told him about Jesus. Told him about the good news. There's some. There's a puddle of water. Why shouldn't I get baptized mm. now? Boom. True. No, I definitely want to get baptized. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. I mean, I I don't see anywhere in the Bible where there needs to be any waiting time. There's enough understanding in knowing in what we read today. I mean, if you need to hear it again and again, awesome. I got it recorded. You read it again and again, you can read more things, whatever. That, that doesn't matter. But we don't need to do a three-week course on it. You believe in Jesus. It's an outward expression of what you believe, showing that you have a clean conscience in front of God, in front of people. Done. Awesome.